Up Podcast. We are back with another episode. We're going to review the highly anticipated card, UFC 295, that took place at Madison Square Garden. And this is one of the cards. I mean, they actually all did this past year, but years past before this, they don't always live up to the hype, the main card specifically. This one did, did you think? Great main card. Um, I mean, fuck yeah. I mean, I, I'm staring at the fight list right now, and that's five for five on TKO's, brother. Yeah, and they were all eventful. They all kind of had their own storyline to them, like Frivola lost yeah. to them, and Josh. And the longest, <laughs> the longest one was what fucking four minutes into the second round. Yep. Yeah, and Josh had her come back. Diego Lopes beat Sabatini. We even had fucking uh, Lupita set a record. Most women's, I think it was most women's wins in a calendar year, right? Coming at a four. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, a lot of storylines, a lot of good shit that we're going to get into. Max is still out. He sounds like fucking Gollum from uh, Lord <laughs> of the Rings. He's, he's down for the count. He has bronchitis or some shit. What do you think? Dude, brother, you're asking the wrong motherfucker. No, laryngitis, not bronchitis. Laryngitis, yep. <laughs> That was it. The fucking Lorax Jitus. <laughs> he's got Lorax Jitus, so I don't know when he's gonna be back. I would say probably not this week at all. I doubt it. So yeah, probably... hopefully, hopefully he gets to talking soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, maybe his voice will never come back. <laughs> yeah, he's got that little Reese. Maybe he'll have a fucking little Reese voice for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that'd be nuts. We just if fucking me and you had to host a pod, and there was just some little whispering voice in the background giving his picks. <laughs> we'll see. Rest up, Max. Get better, but we will hold it down while you're gone. Let's hop into the main event: light heavyweight bout, undisputed belt. This guy, Poetan. I mean. Is there more success in a shorter period of time that we've seen the UFC since it began 30 years ago? No shot. I mean, we're talking how many fights in? He's a double champ? Or, yeah, two-time champ? Seven fights. So we're at seven fights, one loss. He's Seven six... UFC fights. That's fucking bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Nixon won the UFC double champ, obviously not simultaneous, but he has held the belt in middleweight and light heavyweight, and he, frankly, has done it in dominant fashion, I think is one of the crazier parts about it. He didn't really struggle to get either belt. He came in, he flatlined Sean Strickland, who, the guy who, the, the only loss on Pereira's resume, Sean Strickland just made look like a baby. He fucking flatlined yeah. him for the belt. Takes a loss, takes it like a champ, no complaints, no nothing, comes back, beats Jan Blahovich after going up a weight class, and then completely dismantles Yuri. And my thing is, I know this fight would have been a little tougher maybe if he hadn't called the stoppage so fast. I think the stoppage was fine. But going forward, I think Pereira had Yuri's front leg tore up so much already and had him fighting so uncomfortably. Oh, yeah. I think he was fighting so uncomfortably out of Southpaw that it was bound to get to this point, no matter if it happened then or whenever. Yeah, as soon as I saw that flat tire happen, fucking couple of them leg kicks really connected, I was like, well, there goes that. And like a dumbass, I fucking live bet Yuri. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Yuri can fight from both stances. He switches stances anyways, no matter who he's fighting, but you don't want to have to fight just Southpaw against Alex Pereira. 
Why yeah, trying dude. to avoid the right overhook? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Yeah, he blew his tire. Uh, and from there, it was pretty much a spell disaster. I personally thought the stoppage was pretty appropriate. In, in real time, I was kind of like, what the fuck? But then when they replayed it in slow motion, dude, one of them elbows caught him, and Yuri kind of did that fall back you do when you're stunned real bad, and he wasn't covering his head. And, like, I can see how in real time you would definitely stop that fight. I can completely see it. I think it was fine. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, even Yuri, I think he said he was out. It, I, I think it was reasonable. Yeah, he did. Um. So being now that Alex Pereira is the undisputed light heavyweight champion, he's one of the best champions we've seen in recent memory, who do you think he fights next, and who do you think Yuri fights next? I mean, Alex, I feel like the timeline doesn't really line up if Raykick and Jan just got booked again. So, like, I feel like he's kind of, he's, but it's like, when when's Jamal Hill really coming back? That's that a huge is. question. Yep, that was my exact answer, too. And I really don't want to get to a point either where, because Alex is 36, going to be 37, I think, in July. I, I checked it before he got on here. I'm pretty sure his birthday's in July. So, he's going to be 37 years old. You're... Your rate of staying a dominant champion at 37 year old is not very high, so he needs to get back in the ring fast. And I, I don't know, like they did rebook Johnny Walker and Magomed Ankalaev, I believe it's in January, so that could be a quick turnaround. But that's also depending. Say Johnny Walker wins but gets manhandled in the process, he's not going to be ready to fight till alex's birthday so i guess we're looking at that as a timeline i i think it's kind of a shame for these next two guys that we're in a really murky timeline with them oh yeah no doubt and i wouldn't even just say yuri i'd even parlay it into the next fight i think we're going to talk about it some but aspinall has a really murky hot fucking timeline going forward yuri's got a tough one it's it's nice to see shit shit shake up but i just hope these guys aren't putting the sideline for too long yeah, especially, I mean, now, especially now that we have some new life breathing in both these divisions. It's like, do you really want them to get stale again? Yeah, it just sucks with all these. And I mean, that's what happens when you get short notice fucking championship fights. You get fucking long breaks after that. Right, exactly. So um, where did this rank in terms of did this exceed Sugar Sean's performance? Where did this rank in terms of performance of recent memory? Double champ, beating Yuri Prohaska. What do you think? I'm not going to say beat Sugar Sean's performance just because Sugar was such a dog. Like, no one thought Sugar hadn't shot at all going into that one. Yeah, I didn't. I, I honestly yeah. didn't. And honestly, I, but out of me and all my friends who were watching it together, I was the only one that was, thought Yuri was going to win. Yeah, I, I was pretty heavy on Peloton. I just, I didn't think it would come this soon in this fashion. I definitely didn't think that. Nah, I mean, but I oh, I feel like this happens every Alex Pereira fight. I always underestimate his leg kick. 
Yeah, yeah. I think like, I, I never think about them going into the fight. I feel like maybe I'm just a fucking stooge. But <laughs> I I feel like I never I like never think about them going in and they end up being the biggest X factor. Yeah, I think a big thing for me is too, it's almost like I only think about his striking with the hands and I don't really think about his actual kickboxing prowess. And then I think I don't think his kickboxing prowess outweighs his opponent's wrestling, which it has time and time again, though, with Jan, with Yeri, even with Bruno Silva, who's not really a wrestler, but bigger bodied, and Strickland. And it just, yeah, and it always becomes a main factor about how clean and crisp he is with the kickboxing. I mean, he is one of the best talents we've seen in the UFC. I love that he's double champ. Let's move into this next co-main event. The... Ugh, I hate to call it an interim title belt. Interim title belt. Let me tell you why I hate calling it an interim title belt. It's not necessarily that I think John should have to relinquish its belt, but the last like three years we've seen guys get injured, especially in the division we were just talking about. And the minute they get injured, Donna, Daddy Donna, just makes them give the belt up. But now yeah. we're looking at an eight to ten month recovery from John Jones, and somehow it's an interim. I like. I mean, you just truly see that, and it makes sense because it's a business, but you truly see that certain guys get their way and other guys don't. And it's just unfortunate when that happens. Yeah, and especially, like, the way that John's talking about, like, how he's he's about to retire and shit after one fight and shit. Like, why are you giving him any breaks? Yeah, and I just think, I even think if he relinquished the belt, Aspinall's undisputed champ. People are still gonna tune in to watch him fight Stipe no matter what. Like I don't, think, yeah. I don't think it really. I don't honestly don't think the belt makes a difference hardly at all on viewership. Yeah. On the only thing it adds is another piece to John's legacy. It'll be another title defense. But other than that, I don't really think anyone gives a fuck. At least I don't. My my point of view, my two eyes. I don't really care that much. But let's diagnose Aspinall's performance. I mean, fucking wow! It maybe Pereira, maybe Pereira's didn't top Sugar Sean's. This one for me, I think top Sugar's. I, it's close. It's it's pulling hairs. It's close, but two weeks notice. Come to find out, he wasn't making an excuse, but he did say he was hurt and didn't really get to train. Came in two weeks notice to fly across the pond, fight a guy who I really don't think anyone in the world in any weight class really wanted to fight at the moment. And hops in, no questions asked, and puts him out in one minute and nine seconds with an overhand right and just completely flatlined Sergey Pavlovich. I mean, he wasn't flatlined unconscious, but put him out, put him on his ass, finished him. What Double is- hammer fist fin- with the fucking follow-up, dude. That yeah. was phenomenal. Fucking unbelievable. What would you take away from this performance? Where does it rank? And what are we looking at here, Jeff? What are we looking at with Aspinall? Dude. His speed. He's so fucking fast. Like, yeah. it, it, like, it's kind of. See, that's, that's where it gets hard, though. And where that John Jones fight is so intriguing because he's fast. Well, he's fast for a heavyweight, but John Jones is fast for, like, yeah. any weight. Like, he's. He. He's the all-time goat for a fucking reason. And that that's where I really want to see where Tommy Aspinall fucking 
stacks up and why I want to see that fight so damn bad now. And honestly, I I think it makes his path more clear because, dude, that's the fight to make. You you don't you don't need fucking you don't need any other contender fight. You just need that unifier. Let's wait for John Jones to heal up. We we can give fucking Tom a break. Give it some time. Fucking figure out a contract for a fight in fucking England. That's the fight to make. And I, I'm just, I'm so intrigued because I feel like every fight we just get a new level of Tom Aspinall. Yeah, I was going to say, because, like, where, like, uh, Derek Lewis, for example, is always kind of lacked in the speed he has. And then where a guy like Ciro has the speed, lacks in the power he has, it just seems like he has really no weaknesses or deficiencies at all. And to watch him make a guy like Pavlovich, who when Pavlovich fight guys, he makes them look like they're stuck in concrete because his striking is so overwhelming and they're so like, you're so worried about him knocking you out at any moment. They're not moving at their best. And he made Pavlovich for that short minute look like he was walking through wet concrete. Like yeah. Pavlovich did not look fast. He didn't, he did catch him, but other than that, he didn't look fast. He didn't look confident. I mean, I just, it felt like even within that minute, you could kind of see the way this fight was going to go. Did Pavlovich always have a puncher's chance? Of fucking course. But it seemed to me that that minute was very indicative leading up to the knockout of where this fight was going to go. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, you could just see it right off the bat. Tom was just having his way. He a step ahead the whole time. Yeah, like where like uh, Peloton and Yuri was kind of... You know, Yuri got his leg blown out a little bit, but you could see that maybe it could be an ugly fight. I don't, this one didn't give me that. I didn't get that feeling in that first minute at all. Nope. Not Not one bit. No, me either. And yes, I completely agree with what you said. I think Aspinall, John would be the fight to make. I think if Aspinall beats John, which I think he definitely could at this point in his career and this point in John's career, and say he rattles off three to four title defenses. We could be looking down. It's crazy to say that it would happen during like our prime years of watching the UFC, but it we could be looking down the best heavyweight of all time. Yeah. I mean, heavyweight's one of them divisions where there's always been iron on top of iron. On top of that, it's usually later in your career you're fighting heavier weight, heavyweight, and that that doesn't really do well for long championship reigns. Right. Yep, exactly. So this is going to be one of the few guys we see come in at 30 and get the belt and really have a chance to implement himself as like a top five fighter of all time, given give or take what happens. That's a long, long, long shot from now, but I don't think it's crazy to think any of that. Because say he beats John, then he beats Jailton, say he beats Pavlovich again. I mean, you're talking about crazy title defenses down the line for Tom Aspinall, and he has a chance to become an all-time great and I really, really love the shout I gave to his dad in the end. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. All-time performance for him. If there's any time to make your moment, he did it. He really showed what he's made of, and he had a career-defining moment. Let's talk about someone who kind of reinvigorated their career a little bit. Jessica Andrade coming in and beating Mackenzie Dern second round with a knockout where Mackenzie Dern looked just, I don't know what, what happened from last fight to this fight. When me and you were talking about it, we both kind of agreed that Dern looked like she had reached her peak and she looked fucking great and looked like she was ready to be a real contender. 
And then this fight, she just looked like a fucking amateur, if you ask me. Like, that was some of the worst striking I've ever seen on a main card ever. <laughs> yeah, I, and and what did you think was worse, the offensive striking from Dern or the defensive reactions from her? They were both pretty equally bad. Yeah, I, dude, I don't fucking know. <laughs> you couldn't tell me she was moving like a fucking me character on fucking Wii Sports Boxing, dude. <laughs> And it's just so weird to see from her last performance where, I mean, I thought, like, she beats Andrade, she gets one more fight, she has a big enough name, she could fight for a title. Was my picture of, of McKenzie's yeah. career trajectory. And now we're looking at, like, holy shit, is she even fit to be ranked? Yeah. It, like, it had me thinking, like, was I really thinking with my pecker last fucking fight or what? <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, that... That had, like, was all the sports books, too? Because fucking Andrade was, like, fucking plus 290. Yeah, and and again, just like Pavlovich, we all knew Andrade had a puncher's chance. He has a puncher's chance than anyone, but that wasn't a puncher's chance. So he completely steamrolled Mackenzie Dern. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, they even... Yeah, that, that, that was bonkers. <laughs> very, very sad performance from Mackenzie Dern. It'll be interesting to see the way her career pans out. For yeah, me. and, like, now, where the fuck do they both go? That's what I really think is murky for both of them. They're both kind of fucked. Yeah, because Aspinall and Peloton only have murky waters, like you said, because of injuries and other things, not skill. Yeah. Not they, skill. They got, they got one of them good problems because they got the fucking – they got the belt already. Right. Mackenzie Dern is, like – how much stock does this lose you? Because, like, that was just not a good performance whatsoever. And I just think it shows, like, maybe it was the distractions outside the cage or maybe, like you said, she truly isn't as good as we all thought because maybe she's just a straight-up BJJ nerd and that's all there is going to be to it because she's 30 years old now, dude. She's not fucking 25. You got to start making these strides sometime really, really, really soon if you want to be a true contender. Like, within yeah. the next, like, year. Like Seriously, like I a... mean, to never develop striking like that is fucking wild. Yeah, and women... I don't... mean, I know we were saying it looked good last fight, but did it really? <laughs> and women don't tend to last very long, like, because they're lower weight. Just, like, bantam weights and featherweights don't tend to last as long, so... Within the next year or two, it's kind of make or break for Mackenzie Dern. She either gets better or she's kind of topped out where she is right now. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's jump into this next lightweight bout. We had the hometown, Matt Frivola taking on Benoit Saint-Denis, the war machine. What the fuck, dude? What the fuck? Money was coming in on Frivola. Our opinions were coming in on Frivola. I really, Team Rolla really let us down. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I really, really thought that there was going to be... I, I thought the hometown was going to have his back, which they did. And I thought that was going to have a big effect on the fight. I thought the chaos would have really benefited for Vola and opposed to St. Denis. And I just... It seemed to me like the pressure just got to him. I think Benoit St. Denis caught him when he was lacking and... They're just, I don't know. It, it was a really bad performance from Favola. I mean, not bad. He got caught. He didn't look abysmal or anything, but 
it was like I kind of felt like how the fuck didn't I see this coming? I it was it was a disappointing one. Yeah, I mean, we knew what we were getting into going into it though. I mean, it it was bound to be a war. Someone was going down. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, still a great they don't want to see their hometown guy get knocked out, but still a great fight to have on the main card. Good, you know, pump the crowd up, got the juices flowing. So let's jump into the last fight we're going to talk about, main card fight between Diego Lopes and Pat Sabatini. Diego Lopes gets the knockout. A minute and 30 into the round one, Pat Sabatini just didn't look great. I think we could have kind of expected this too. I think we picked Pat Sabatini with our hearts more than our brains, which we both kind of admitted anyways. Um, Yeah, I I was about to say, I was betting with my dick again, but pause, that's gay. I was betting (laughs) with my heart. Good wording, Mike. Yeah, well... Wasn't wasn't super duper shocking, I wouldn't say. Uh, Diego Lopes is a very, very, very formidable featherweight. His combos are outrageous. He's pretty sharp everywhere. He doesn't really have any big deficiencies. And Pat Sabatini, like, I think we kind of could have expected this from him. He's, I don't think he's going to be a champion, but he's going to have some interesting fights throughout his career, and he's going to just ride out a nice career, make some money. I could see him being a coach in the long run. He has a really good personality, but probably not a champion-level fighter. Diego Lopes might be a champion-level fighter. He's so fucking young and looks so good already. The mullet stands out. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know what you call that shit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's insane. He's, he's just a hell of a fighter, though. His combos look already clean and crisp, like he's been there for 10 years, and he's just a great fighter. What do you think? Hell yeah, I mean, uh, not really much more to say, dude. He's, he looks fucking phenomenal in this short time that we've seen already. Yeah, I agree. I really like Diego Lopes. Like, it's not a surprise. We're not breaking news that he's an upcoming prospect, but make sure you keep up with all his fights. Let's talk about a few more. We'll just go over them kind of quickly. Uh, Loopy beat Tabitha Ritchie. Decision. What do you think about Loopy? She's... Broke the record. Four fights that were wins in a calendar year for, I think it was any women. I don't think it was a straw weight. I think it was a women's record. Four fight wins in a calendar year. What do you think about that? I mean, it's pretty fucking amazing, honestly. I mean, four fights in a calendar year. But, not going to lie, a lot of them were fucking... (laughs) Not going to hold you, brother. Yeah, yeah, there was some snoozers. There definitely was some snoozers mixed in there. Um, Loopy's looking to reinvigorate her career a little bit, though. And, I mean, that's really all I can say about that one. Yeah, like you said, a couple snoozers. Amazing feat, though, and it kind of sucked that they really didn't make a big deal about it. I felt like that was something they should have touched on at least a few times. It felt like it hardly even came up. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and then we had uh, Mateus Rebecca getting another dominant win, 18-1. and one. Uh, one thing I'm gonna say: if you're if you're fresh, like if you're green coming into the UFC, and this is not a shot at Roosevelt Roberts, but if you're fresh and green coming into the UFC and you're wanting to fight a guy, I wouldn't pick Rebecca at all. I would not pick a big-bodied guy who can strike and choke you out at any moment and dominate the controlled time. That is a guy I would avoid. I would only look to fight him if I was already a ranked fighter. <laughs> just, just my advice. Yeah. No fucking. I mean, obviously, fucking, 
I think a big old pole would be the last person I'd ever want to fight in a fucking debut. <laughs> yeah, he's a lightweight buzzsaw, and he looks like he's juiced up. That's a guy I would avoid with everything in me if I could. Uh, Jared Gordon gets a big win over Mark Madsen. Nice to see him back on the board. I think we're kind of finally getting to see who Jared Gordon is. It was kind of a mystery for a little bit. We're starting to get to finally see it. Castaneda with another win, another prospect gets a win. Josh Van, another guy they're trying to push. I know he wished he would have got a finish at some point, but it was a flyweight fight, so they don't often go to finishes. So not really too much you can take from that one. And Jamal Emmer's getting a big finish to start against Dennis Bazooka. Bazooka was a hometown guy, so a little disappointing for the crowd, but I like Jamal Emmer's. He's pretty good. He's an interesting guy to watch. What do you think about Emmer's? Yeah, I mean, he, he he's got some pretty damn good fights. So far, a little back and forth battle with Jack Jenkins before this. I, I fuck with him. Yeah, me too. I like Emmers. I- I'd like to see him on some more bigger cards like this where his name pops up and you're like, oh, that's a good addition. Jared Gordon, too. He's another guy. He doesn't always have the most interesting fights. but he's- Jesus Murphy. I didn't realize he was fucking 34. Dude, Jamal Emmers? Yeah, I thought he was younger. Yeah. Nah, he's a late starter. Yeah, honestly, all the guys in the early prelims who won, I'd like to see on bigger cards again. I think they all brought something interesting to the card to start it out. Jared Gordon finally getting a knockout. Um, Urseg and Costa put on a pretty good fight. I like Steve Urseg. He's a, he's a crazy-looking motherfucker, too. He's just, like, funky-looking. And, uh, of course, Mateus Rebecca. I'd like to see all these guys going forward. Hell of a card. What would you rank it, Jeff? A to F. Mm, I'd I'd give it a B plus. Yeah, I agree. I still don't great think... ma- great main great main card, and the prelims really. What you what you call it? Yeah, I still don't. I don't think it fell. Uh, for some reason, to me, it's like when there's certain guys who just bring the the next level of entertainment to the sport, they really stand out. And it didn't feel as special to me as Boston. Watching Sugar Strong get that knockout was, it's still going to be hard to beat that for card of the year for me. That was that was the biggest one I really, really liked. And watching Volk lose twice does not rank high for me because I don't like to see my guy lose. So I'd probably give it, yeah, I agree, B, B plus. I'm, I think I'm sitting on like an A for Boston. I really like that card. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, it it was just really the name va- name value in that in the prelims. I feel like that really fucked it up for me, and it was really top heavy. Yeah, and top heavy with uh, they they had mentioned this before. I can't remember if it was on aerials with guys who don't really talk a lot of shit either, which is fine because that's just how they are. But they're not the most entertaining guys on earth. They have great fights, but they like not a lot of good post-fight press conferences or lead-up no. stare-downs. The fucking pre-fight press conference was kind of dog shit. It was quite dog shit. There was really nothing <laughs> happened at all. And so, I, yeah, I would say that took from the card a little bit. But overall, from an MMA fan's watching perspective, probably an A. But, yeah, overall card, I would say B+. Still wish I would have went. Definitely still yeah. wish that. Still no doubt. Awesome I mean, card. to see Tommy Aspen all win it, that'd be sick. Yeah, still probably an awesome card to go to. We will get to one within the next year or two. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to be back later in the week for a preview of uh, Brendan Allen taking on Paul Craig. Maybe Max will be back by then. I doubt it. If not, we'll be back full crew next week. Bye.